Okay. Welcome back, everyone, to Behind Closed Doors with Hanifa Griffith. It, it, I have been away for a long time. I think the last time I posted was July, and that's because, you know, I started school, my MSW at Howard University, HU, um, but I decided that I want to take this more seriously. I want to push myself beyond what I have been doing before because I believe that the work that I'm doing and the work that Alex is doing and other people who are podcasting as well is needed within this generation and in this, in this time. Um, and also I had to put myself out of a depressive state if I'm being quite honest. Um, so yeah, we're back. Um, today I have the privilege of being with Alex. Um, I knew Alex for like four years, five years, six years now, I think. So Alex, would you like to introduce yourself to the audience? It's a long time. I know, right? <laughs> you were saying, I was like, oh my gosh. Um, yes, my name is Alex, also known as just Alex today. So I, I'm working on it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I am a grad student right now studying to become a therapist. I am also a podcaster. I host a podcast, Tap and Tap Out, um, talks about mental wellness, spirituality, pop culture, all the fun things. Um, writer, creative. I'm just trying to do, I'm trying to sell a massive stick. So I'm just <laughs> trying a lot of things, seeing what sticks, seeing what I like. I, mean, I love all of it right now. So yeah, I'm just, I'm just chilling. <laughs> oh, I feel that. I feel that. So for today's topic, I have been really thinking about this ever since I started Honestly, started school at University of Tampa and thinking about the opportunities that have been blocked because of my status as an international student. And I realized which within each institution that I go into, my status seems more and more as a deterrent and as a blockage for my success to the point where I truly believe my depressive state that I've been through um, at the beginning of the semester was brought on because of me feeling quite upset that I was born in Trinidad and kind of being angry at my mom. Um, because backstory, I was three weeks away from being born in the US. Um, and her telling me that story, I always wish that she never told me that story, especially now, because seeing that a lot of the problems, well, in my head is what I think about, a lot of the problems that I'm facing right now is because I am from Trinidad and because my status is international. Um, so yeah, this topic has really been on my soul and on my spirit. And I know there are a lot of international students out there who are probably feeling the exact same way, but just don't have the words or feel like this is something not to be upset about but trust me it is um so yeah that's what we're going to be talking about today international students mental health away from home within the us uk well us because that's all alex and i know yes. um <laughs> so we can't talk for anybody else but yes um so uh, my first question to alex is how has your status been a, I don't want to use problem, but how has your status as an international student affected you in today's world or recently? Um, the first thing that came to mind was anxiety. Mm. Uh, you mentioned depression. I was like, it's definitely there. But for me, it was definitely more on the anxiety spectrum in terms of like 
the waiting of things in general, even before you leave your country, like having to the visa process and like the anxiety of that. And I don't know how it is in Trinidad, but a lot of the messaging around like, like colloquially is kind of like it happens or it doesn't, you know? And I, there's no comfort in that for me because if I have confidence in like the career that I want to do and I want to pursue a certain field and I want to have a certain job and I want to work hard, I feel like that should be all it takes for me to, to do that, right? You would think. And, and like the, I, there's a special kind of anxiety for me going to like a visa office and meeting a stranger for the first time and for like 10 to 15 minutes, them asking you just questions and like, it really feels like the temperature of the day will decide whether mm. it gets approved or not. Like I've heard so many stories of people from like relatives, family, friends and stuff who like, they just got denied because like they missed that one document or the sky was blue, like green that day. Like, you know what I mean? It just feels like so arbitrary, mm-hmm. like who gets to go and who doesn't, who gets to like, and really it's, for me, it's exposure, right? Like we talk about like, well, what are your motives? And it's, there's some xenophobia what up in there. But for me, it's always been about like exposure and like, especially as someone who wanted to pursue a helping profession, I was really interested in seeing different kinds of people and being on different kinds of cultures, different kinds of dynamics. And so like, I always wanted to go abroad to like, just see more people, you know? Um, and so for me, it was always hard because it, it felt like a fight from the beginning, you know, mm. just to be there and then to be thrown into what is for a lot of people a culture shock of like the American classroom, you know, and especially if you're in a PWI, like being a minority for the first time for me, that was an adjustment. Like that's a whole conversation. And so the anxiety for me is a focus right on that is like the, the waiting part and the arbitrary selection process, it feels like, Mm -hmm. but also like the anxiety of having to be like 10 steps ahead all the time, you know? And that, like today I was thinking about it when you told me the topic, I was like, that came first. I was like, I just hate when, when students are like, let's say something happens a spring semester and students can think about it the start of that semester and be like, oh, I'm thinking about it the summer before. Cause I gotta make sure I have the right document mm-hmm. I have to get signed. And I gotta get sent back to somebody to get sent back to me to get approved and like, and so just that 10 step ahead process is just it gives me anxiety and I just don't like and even then you would think that because I'm coming in earlier I'd have a more secure chance but that's also Mm. not the case like it's not like this assures me some kind of guaranteed position in something you know and so like I just don't like how it doesn't measure up you know and it is a bigger idea about the systems in place it's not like a certain person at the office like it's really not their fault it's really the systems that we're all a part of that really archaic and happen to be still exist today for the U.S. college system and how they work with other countries. But like for the person I am, the individual in me is just I'm really anxious all the time mm-hmm. that like something's wrong. I just got this email. This is probably TMI, but I just got this email yesterday that said like I have a new I-20 release and I don't remember like requesting one. <laughs> and I'm like, why would I need it? So I have to like, not you say that we're talking about anxiety, like stuff like that. Like that mm-hmm. mean, that can mean so much. I'm like, that, how did y'all... Yes. Like, what does that mean? I was supposed to go there probably t- today and be like, hey, like, what does this mean? Like, I, I have mine. I know what mine looks like. I'm, I never asked for a new one. Like, but that one email is like, 
it can trigger yeah it can trigger so much questions yep and so and that and that could really just be somebody pressing the wrong um contact on their email list and so i'm Mm -hmm. like but i hope it is but like i'm just like this is just a lot for like what is supposed to be like a life-giving experience you know Mm Well, Alex, you said I wasn't even thinking about the visa process, but let me tell you, um, the same is the same thing in Trinidad too. Um, so I can spill out the whole process just in case somebody is listening and is thinking yes. about, you know, applying. So first thing you have to do is apply for school. Once you get your acceptance letter from that school, that is when things is about to go down. That is when you have to, I think for us, I I don't know about other countries, we have to get a bank statement. We have to get the acceptance letter, like a physical copy of the acceptance letter. You have to fill out the embassy form to get your um, interview. You have to wait for them to contact you about the date that you can choose to come into the interview. They approve the date, you come in. And you're paying for it. And you're paying for all of this. Isn't that free? (laughs) Wish it was. You're paying for it. You have to make sure to have like your passport picture. Your passport picture has to look a certain way. Um, Then after on the day that you come in, um, how it is for us, we have to wait outside. So we wait depending on the time that you have. So let's say one of- I know. (laughs) so one o'clock will be here and then like 1 30 will be here so one o'clock goes in you can't bring your phone you can't bring um anything that you can contact outside with so basically you're leaving everything inside your car so my process um just to like interject with my own personal experience here my recent process when i had to get my visa to come back up to go to howard i left i came with my dad and my mom was telling me, oh, your dad doesn't need to come. Your dad needs, doesn't need to come. No, I wasn't listening to her because the way that I was so anxious, I was like, mm-hmm. I need my dad to be there because I know I need to ask him verifying questions just to make sure like, you know, like I have everything. Um, and because I didn't, I couldn't take my phone with me. So I'm asking him if he can come. He waited, waited in line with me. And um, even before that, my mom was telling me, Hannah, make sure to say this, make sure to dress this way, make sure to say good morning, make sure to do all these different things. So as I'm in the line, I'm like, okay, Hannah, say good morning. Okay, you have to stand up this way. You have to make sure what you're doing. You have to have, have some kind of confidence. And as you said, when you're going up to this person who doesn't know anything about you, who is probably of a different race, because majority of the individuals who are in the embassy are from the U.S., um, and it already has that inferiority complex yes. in place because you, how I think about it, the only thing that is stopping me from entering the U.S. is that person. That person could not like how I greeted them. They could not like how I was watching them. They could not like certain things. And this is how I feel. I don't know if it's like a thing, but they could not like certain things about how I present myself and tell me no and that can be the end of my dreams right there um so for my process coming up I was so nervous because this is my third time and I I don't know I can't remember what exactly was making me so nervous but I just could not find my grounding before going into my um interview and I even think like I thought I forgot a a document but it was too late so it's just like I hope I have all my things um and yeah it's just like so many anxiety ridden factors that come into play 
and to continue with this whole inferiority complex type thing too. Um, damn, I even forgot what I was gonna say. Oh, even like how it's set up as well. Like when I went in, we have like a, a window that mm-hmm. separates them from us. You can't even like, you have like a thing this small to talk to them through. Yes. <laughs> so like they're asking you questions and if you ask them to repeat and get an attitude as like, you know, um, so yeah, I don't think a lot of people think about the ways in which this initial process brings about so much anxiety for us. And then, as you said, like being 10 steps ahead, when I'm planning my vacation, I have to plan three months in advance. I have to make sure to request my signature. After I request my signature, I have to make sure to book my flight. Then I have to make sure that I have my passport, my I-20, my I-94. So when I come back into the States, if I forget one of those things, I can't come back. So it's just like, on top of being ready for school, I have to be ready for life, you know? And I don't think... I just wish there was more consideration for international students within school. Um, even when I went to UCF, like I was the only international student there. I remember I asked them a question. They were like, well, I don't know how to help you because you're the first person here and we have no idea what to do. I'm like, this is, excuse my word, this is bullshit. Because how could you accept me into the school, but you don't know how to provide the help that I need? You know, and I found myself doing 10 times more work just to find out one question. I would have to go to the international office and I'll have to go ahead and I have to go there. I'm just like, this shouldn't be on me to be doing all these things. You know, like I wish that it would have one knowledge that there are different people within your institution and that you have to have some type of resources to help them. Yeah. You know, instead of them having to go here, go there, um, not get answers, probably come back to your office. Like that shouldn't be the case. Mm-hmm. And even with the current school that I'm in right now, um, there's a lot of financial aid that is not awarded to international students. And even if it is, you have to wait until your second year to get it. Now tell me this, how could I come from outside the US and you tell me, And you know that I don't have privileges to get a job, but you tell me I have to wait until my second year to get help. I I just, I just don't know how, I don't know how that works. I just truly don't know how that works. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I brought up a lot (laughs) for me, especially that like the tension between like, your dreams and like the reality of things mm-hmm. and just like wanting them to connect so badly. I'm in that like right now. Um, I didn't mention this before from the Bahamas, my international contacts. <laughs> um, so, so Caribbean. So I think that's why I was so similar because embassies probably function exactly the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but even recently, just to like pick up back off of you, um, we had to get these background checks done and they cost money. Um, surprisingly, the one that I had to do was cheaper than the one that the Americans had to do. I don't know how that happened. My teacher actually thought it was the opposite. So she was like apologizing in her email and stuff. But why this even was a thing was because she sent this mass email to the class and she was like, hey, um, background check needs to get done. There's a confusion on like which one needs to get done. Like there was a different options you could pick. And she picked the one and addressed like the title of it. And it said like, 
U.S. residents, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And so like, I had to go out of my way to tell her that she, it was wrong of her to like, I didn't say it like this, but it was wrong of her to like, say as if like everybody would, you know, need this one when I actually need this one. And like, if I didn't have the like, critical thinking to think that, like I would be paying for something that actually would be wrong. I'd probably have to pay twice over, twice. you know? And she was like, oh yeah, so sorry, Alex. And that was it. Like, that's all she had to say, like, you know, my bad, right? But for me, it, it, it a little bit for me, like thankfully I have a little bit more of like a resilience factors in me that I can like withstand these things. But I can see like older, like, I mean, like younger Alex being kind of like thrown by this and being like, feeling not considered, you know? Mm. And like feeling not included. Cause I'm the only international person in the class right now at least in that class and so like it was it was a little bit for me it wasn't like it didn't really um take me out but it just made me think like you know a couple of years ago this would probably like ruin my day that somebody I don't know she just didn't think about me or didn't think about it right and like mm -hmm. thinking she's doing favors for people when actually she did me a disservice because I had to go out of my way to tell her what my assignment is to submit because the assignment was to submit our receipt and so it's like it kind of it takes some of the joy out of like being there you know because you have to be your own advisor sometimes you know like you talked about like being able to negotiate with yourself okay and after a while you build a confidence and you're like okay I shouldn't go there first because I can know to do so I have to go to the mm -hmm. office figure out what they don't know so I can figure it out for them so they can tell that office what they need to do right you know what I mean you have to kind of become your own manager you know and your and, own advocate right and I don't know if we can go here but personally for me I'm not trying to project I feel like when you're working through these things with your family, because you're dealing with systems, your family will tend to like focus their frustration on you mm -hmm. because you're because they can't control the office of whatever department. They can't control the embassy. And so if things don't go right and you have to tell them for me and my, you know, system that I came from, like that anger and that like frustration, disappointment hits me first, you know? And there's work that I can do with my family to work through communication and work through like displacement work and like who's getting this like frustration. But in our natural, like growing up, like that's usually what happened, you know, like the school did something wrong and then you get in trouble or you get, you know, it's something and it, it hurts more when you're far from home, you know, <laughs> like it means something because like when I'm far from home, I don't want to have these disagreements over things that I couldn't control, you know? And so like, it just makes it harder when you have these conflicts with your parents and your family, because I, when I call them or when I get to hear from them, I don't want to be in a negative energy about it. I want to be in a spirit of like nostalgia and like connection and warmth. But when things don't go right, or usually even when I want to call and talk about something on my mind, they start the conversation with like, so how's that going with that office? Or how's that going mm -hmm. with that thing? Right. And it kind of just kills it for me. Cause I'm like, how do you separate like, my emotional needs from like these international student needs you know and a lot of people don't know how to separate those conversations well for people I think I'm definitely one of those people as well because even recently um talking to my dad as well he we're trying to figure out how I could possibly get like a GTA position within school and going through that process I felt as though like his anger was directed towards me and I I didn't know how to like politely say that I can't control what's going on. Like these are the rules that they have. I can't like jump into their office and be like, change these rules right now, you know? 
and I found like I would pick up on his frustration as my own frustration Mm -hmm. and now I'm walking around with like both of our like frustration into one and I've been trying to really figure out how to not allow I don't want to say what my dad doesn't know but like not allow the frustration that he's going through to also impact or influence me because I can't change as you said the system that's already put in place you know I can ask the questions I can make sure that you know um that I take off certain things but at the end of the day I can't change anything and then when you said about like (laughs) about not being considered I don't know if this happens to you but this goes more than just like school system it goes within like being in friendships as well so I um I, I guess it's a little personal I guess but this beginning of the semester I think it was I would say anxiety plus depression because I couldn't find a job still haven't found a job um so (laughs) yeah I still haven't found a job I still haven't found a way to like find an assistantship I haven't found these things as yet and I would talk to people who are born in the states Alex 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 when I tell you I was so tired of explaining to people every single time I am international I cannot just walk into a giant I can't just walk into forever 21 I can't just walk into a target and apply in my resume apply to the job and just them and I think this too also comes in when you think about like unsolicited advice mm-hmm. um and then they'll be like oh why, why don't you think about this I'm like honey don't you think I sat down and thought about all these things like don't you think like I sat down thoroughly in like thoroughly thought about these things um and where like not consideration comes in or unconsider in consideration in consideration comes in it's like them thinking that their solutions can perfectly fit for my problems Mm. you know and them not seeing me as a whole person because I'm a proud Trini like I you can hear you know you can hear that I'm Trini I I talk about Trina like I'm not shy to talk about where I'm from and for you to just dislike to dismiss that and dismiss where I'm from and then try to give me advice knowing that there are barriers that like their barriers that prevent me from getting to where I need to be it makes me feel a certain way and even like recently too I was playing I was having like a game night with friends and um we were playing this game called things so it's like uh what's this uh, thing called cards for humanity but you write things down instead so like we were playing this game and this guy was like um, since everybody's from the U.S. in this inside affair, and I'm like, no, I'm from Trinidad. You know, it's like little things like that too, like get to me because I'm just like, I don't know how somebody can just dismiss certain social identifiers about myself. And then on top of that, in terms of social settings, when it comes to like school settings as well. So for our in um for our um orientation now i'm not shitting on any schools i love all my three institutions that i've been in um but i mean it's kind of fair to say when things are lacking and when there's like things that can be worked on um 
so the school that I'm currently in, we had our orientation and I as you said I think 10 steps ahead so mm. like people are thinking about next semester I'm thinking about graduation and what OPT looks like yeah <laughs> like that's how far my mind is mm-hmm. so I was asking one of my advisors like what is the licensure exam look like for international students like would my status prevent me from you know doing this exam Alex she told me I don't know like, like this is my life I just someone has to know somebody has so. like Alex when I tell you I felt so defeated that day I think I came home and I cried a little bit and I went to sleep because like I couldn't even google it because there's nothing about people being international doing a licensure exam right you know like I just I just don't understand how like we crave diversity we crave um we crave differing points of views, but when differing points of views and diversity enters, it's like, oh, sorry, we don't know how to deal with you. I'm like, how, how could that be? Because this is more than just my education. This is my livelihood. This is my dreams. This is everything in between. So like, how could you not think about the resources you have for me before I come? And I think that's where my frustration comes into play because when we apply, our nationality is not a secret. So it's like, why, why don't you think about what you have to offer and if you can offer it? And this goes for like more than just institutions as well. This goes for like relationships, whatever, whatever. we're not mm-hmm. talking about that. But like, think about what you can provide to people before you even accept them into your life or accept mm-hmm. them into your institution. And I think that's really where my frustration comes in because like, I could have gone somewhere else. I'm not saying I'm ever going to leave HU because this has been a dream of mine since I was 13. So I'm never mm-hmm. going to leave because I love Howard. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like t- taking that into consideration. Like think about what you can provide for me. And I don't know if the, <laughs> talking about jobs, um, this is this is a very like, it touches, um, <laughs> yeah. it touches my soul. Because I think that because of, one who I am as a person, I, my dad, my mom, I'm always a go-getter. Like, you can never tell me no. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, if there's a will, there's a way. I'm always going to find a way to do it. Um, so when I first, even before I got into Howard, I was like, okay, let me look to see what jobs there are. Let me look and ask some questions. Tell me why there was no opportunities for me. None under the sun. And I found this to be a theme within other institutions as well so it's not just HBCUs it's also PWIs it's not just Howard it's University of Tampa it's like these institutions don't think that we we need money like I, I guess. <laughs> you are you speaking facts and I think that like with the job so just for context for people who might not understand like with certain visa types you can't pursue certain even part-time jobs if they're not within the field in which you're studying mm-hmm. that, that they have on paper for you and so even though yes they're always hiring at mcdonald's always hiring at Pro 21 this not revolve around psychology or, or counseling or social work so i cannot be there i am mm-hmm. not allowed to have a job there and so it restricts you to have to look at campus jobs because any on-campus work is fine. That's why I was an RA mm-hmm. for several years. Me too. Um, and but when I looked, very similar to you, I just started this program as well. And when I looked 
for the jobs. I was so like optimistic because they were they were present, mind you. Like, wasn't I couldn't find them? But I wasn't getting them, and I was like applying to like I don't know, like really random stuff, just like hoping that something would stick. And like things are more focused. Some things were actually like assistantships within the department, other departments that were kind of related, but not really. But once it's on campus, like it was good, right? Mm -hmm. It's just with the off-campus stuff, it's restricted to like your your field of study. And so I just haven't had luck. And when I showed up to class the first week and someone brought it up, thankfully, um, they mentioned how like, yeah, it's, it's pretty hard to get in, you know, the job. And like, yeah, that's like a fact, but like, that has that has like impact on it like that just you know what I mean like that's more I have to ask from like my family to help me right and this is more mm -hmm. and that takes a toll on our relationship just to be mm. honest about it like I don't think we talk enough about how our, our financial negotiations with our family and other people like affect those relationships you know mm -hmm. and it affects how much I want to like grow in them this is really this is really vulnerable like I it feel is. like sometimes I can't be like I want I want to go places with my family. I want to go places emotionally. I want to go places and grow. Mm -hmm. Being somebody who is trying to pursue self-awareness is a big part of my brand, a big part of my personhood. And I want to bring my family along with me. But there's like sometimes it's gonna hurt. It's gonna be hurtful. It's gonna be hard sometimes to hear things. And it feels like sometimes I have less of a platform or less of a less of a a willingness to do that work because of I don't want to tarnish what we established financially, you know? Mm. And like, because just to be honest, I've been in a situation before where I've gone too far or I've like said some things and I've gotten what is maybe adjacent to some threats, you know, of like mm. support, right? Especially career-wise too. Like when I was kind of developing my idea of what I wanted to do when I grew up and like negotiating that with my parents of like, I'm gonna do this, but I need you guys' help. So you have to believe at least a part of it, you know, and having to meet, having have that argument was a big part of my like development as a person, you know, because it, it, it was my first time I really had to like stand up for me, you know, and now I'm in a place where like we have a, a cordial understanding of where I'm headed and, but still like I, I sometimes struggle with having to be, um, present a version of me that will be acceptable to continue this relationship where they want to support me, you know, where sometimes I, I want to be a better son, a better brother, but I feel like I'm held back sometimes because I'm like caught in these chains of like being broke and needing that support. <sighs> you know? Yes, Alex. Wow. Um, I feel the exact same way. And I really want to push what you said even further. Like when you said asking for money puts a strain on your relationship with your parents. Oh, this is going to be a little vulnerable. I feel like for me, my relationship with my dad has solely been centered around money mm. to the point where I one feel oh my god this is bringing up so much for me I feel so guilty asking him for money that I would rather starve than ask him for money and in 2019 I got into like a really big fight with my dad and my brother <sighs> still need to forgive him about that but you know still like you know I digress <laughs> um we got into a really big fight and um 
one of the things my brother said was, oh, Hannah, for you're selfish. And I'm like, how could I be selfish when I have pushed myself beyond the means of what I can do to help my dad save money? I've become an RA. I've worked two jobs in my last year. I have always sucked out opportunities. I've always talked to individuals. I've always made sure that what I can do on my end is enough to make my dad comfortable. And I just feel like they don't see that part. And also my brother is a US citizen. So he's thinking to himself, like things are different. And I don't, I, that's even a different conversation too. Like the difference in, um, it's not general. I don't know if it's called generational, but like that gap between him and me mm. status wise and also age wise, because I'm the youngest out of um, three. So I don't know if that can also come into play when he's thinking about, you know, me being selfish, which I'm not. Um, but it's like, I don't think they understand that before I ask for money, I've thought about every other possibility. You know, I have, I have yes. asked, you know, like I have, I have asked so many people for help before coming to you. And I wish that I did not have to have that relationship just be around money with my dad. But even like yesterday, I have, I've realized I've been doing this a lot. Like I have to pay rent today, but I will feel so guilty asking for money that I will wait until probably the day before to ask for, to ask for money because I, <laughs> because I like, because I don't know why I just feel like my dad would say no. So I'm like, if I ask the day before, he can say no. Yeah, um, this, so is, like, this, this is timely. Yeah, so, <laughs> so I would like always wait, like last night I asked him about rent when I had a class and then he called me and then he asked me Hannah for how much and I was like, let me just call you back because I was having like a panic, like not a panic attack, but like yeah, it was coming up, you know, and I was like, damn, this whole conversation about money and like being an international student away from home is so much more than just like statuses and like, st- yeah, statuses and like being, um, being uh, blocked from opportunities this takes a toll on your relationship with your parents you know even with my mom um she isn't working right now but like when I call her and tell her like oh I don't have anything to eat I feel so guilty because she will take money that she doesn't have or money that she needs to buy food and then send it to me and I'm just like I don't don't want the relationship to be that way like y'all have provided for me enough as my turn to provide but you know as you said I'm broke so (laughs) I can't even provide how I want to provide for them and it's like I don't, I don't even know. And then recently I asked my brother for some money to buy something to eat. And before he even said, okay, yeah, I'll give you the money. He was like, oh, how are things going? Now granted, I mean, yes, I want my brother to ask me that. But at the same time, it's like, bro, just like, give me the money and let me go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was like, he was like, oh, do you need money because of your status? I'm like, bro, Yes. Like, what, what are you, why, why are you asking that question? Before, of course I need money because I'm an international student and I don't have money. So it's just like, I don't even think people understand like certain things will also be a trigger for us without even yes. knowing, you know? And I really wish that he wouldn't have asked that question because after that, I was like, you know what? Don't even give me money. Don't even give it to me. But yeah, it's just, it's just so much around um, being international in the States. Yes, you're. I love you touched on your brother because it's pulling this string for me about like community mm. and how like your community changes 
when you like moved to the U.S. as an international student. And for me, there's been this like, um, for a lot of my community, that's like family, friends, church, community, like this network of people that we, we grew up with, right? And how like, there is this, even though people are like, I don't know, I mean like, y'all are like adults, but they still have these ideas that are like, kind of dismissive and in the way of like when you leave you're somehow now in la la land you Mm -hmm. know and I've had comments before when I come home to visit like welcome back to reality and I'm like it's very real where I am thank you very much like I'm having experiences they're very hard I've cried a few times in the closet like I I actually like it's been it's been it's been some time you know but people kind of have this idea that like and it is this kind of I think maybe the American dream kind of is involved in this but like you can be struggling, but you're in the States, you know, you can be mm. sad or you can be upset, but you're in the States, you know, like you can't be sad. You cannot, you're not allowed to be upset or you're not allowed to be um, hurting because you are privileged. And it's true. There is, there is a so much privilege soaked up in the fact that we're able to take ourselves, even if we're struggling mm-hmm. to be in, in, in a more, you know, a more industrious place. I hate to say that, but you know, I mean, like kind of like, the length of time that America has had to build their industries is just much longer than any country that I've come from, you know? And so like just the, the mobility and that's found in the U S is just kind of unmatched as a leader of the free world for a reason. Right. And so like, there is still a lot of stigma tied to international students when the communities feel like turn against them, mm-hmm. you know? And they're like, I, I get classified now as like one of them, you know? And that's alienating in a state where I'm I'm actually an alien legally, you know, like, and so it's like, you kind of lose some of your, your credibility from where mm. you came from, you know, and you're trying to gain credibility where you are. Ooh. And you can't, it both ways does not work. That was off the cuff. But yeah, like, it just doesn't, it just, it's hard. Cause now I feel like it's just me, you know, and where mm-hmm. the mental health struggles now fester and begin, you know? Alex, that point right there where building, like losing credibility where you come from and gaining credibility where you are. Let me tell you, and there's a thing that um, Trini's like to say when you come home, they'd be like, oh, you're Trini Yankee. You know, like you, you've gone abroad and all of a sudden you're talking like if you're from, you know, from mm-hmm. the States. It's like, every time I go home, I realize that people view me in a different way. They think that I am not quote unquote Trini enough, you know. They think that oh she she been outside, she sees some few things, you know, like you know she doesn't know about us anymore. And it's like, even though people say that as a joke, it re- like I internalize that a lot because as a person who is already dealing with um, an identity crisis, and it sounds kind of harsh, but like as a person who's trying to figure out who they are as a person. It is very hard when other people tell me, oh, I'm losing a part of myself and also a part of myself that I hold so highly. You know, like I'm very, as I said before, I'm very proud to come from come where I come from, you know? So for you to strip that away from me every single time I come home and then I have to like fight to keep it, whether that's like pronouncing words a certain way when I come back home or like, mm-hmm. you know, behaving a certain way. It's like, it takes, I never realized until you said this, how much it takes for me to uphold who I am at home. And then when I come back here, it's like, I have to build a rapport of who I am here as well. You know, and it's, it's, it's tiring, you know, it's tiring yeah. to be stripped away 
for who you are but also try to build yourself back up while you're here you know like I recently started to cook more train dishes I recently like I'm trying to learn more about the history and I feel like that's because I want to be able to show people here that I am Trini in a sense mm-hmm. um so it's like it takes a lot out of me to build up who I am after being teared down for so so long and also I think you touched on this too like the idea of guilt and I think I don't know how to say this but for me like guilt comes from having those privileges like being able to have that mobility to leave Trinidad for like I've been here for nearly seven years you know even though those seven years have been filled of struggle <laughs> I have still been here for seven years like I've hopped on a plane several times I've said goodbye to people at home several times I've had the privilege of doing those things but also there's so much shame and guilt of asking for help because the first thing that I think about when I ask for help is like oh well you've been here for so long why are you asking for help mm-hmm. or you have an apartment why are you asking for help you're going to school why are you asking her for help and I feel like that that hmm not a facade but that uh I don't I don't know what to say but like that um Oh, I don't even know the words that I want to use, but like that thing that that is, I think that there's so many international people and I, I hate to generalize stuff, but mm-hmm. I really feel like this is a thing that is holding us back from asking for help because we feel like because we've had that privilege to come up here, that that should be enough yes. or that should or that should wipe away our tears, you know, because we've made it, you know quote-unquote we've made it we have climbed that ladder to make it up here so why are we asking for help why are we saying that we're struggling like even before this like when I came up here I had to make a GoFundMe because my dad told me that he couldn't afford to pay for um school anymore because I've essentially gone to school for free um in my last program because of course I do my research and I think that's another thing I want to talk about too is like ways in which international students could beat the system and come to school for free um but yeah I've always done the things to make sure either my dad is paying a discounted price or he's not paying anything at all um so before coming to the school and not having that privilege of you know being a GTA because of my status I had to go to other resources and that was me doing a GoFundMe. And even while I was doing that GoFundMe, I remember telling someone that I felt so guilty and ashamed for asking for help because why am I asking for help if I just finished school, I've gotten one master's, but I'm going for the next one. It felt like I shouldn't have dreams of pursuing education, you know? And I'm still even to this day, like battling that. Even when I come into this apartment too, I feel so displaced in it Mm. because it's a very nice place. I can't lie. It's a very nice place. But knowing that if it wasn't for the people who helped me and if it wasn't for certain things that I would not be here and I should not be here. Like sometimes like I would sit down on my couch and I'll look around and be like, shit, you don't deserve to be here. Like, this is, this is not you. This is not who you are. This is not what you should be getting in life. And it's like, I wish that, I wish, I wish, I wish that that wasn't the case, that I did not feel the way I feel 
because of the struggles that I've been through but you know that's that's I guess what it is but um yeah there's so much guilt that is on our shoulders as international students um and I also feel like there needs to be more help in terms of what institutions provide um, and having more, yes, counseling in general, but counseling in the international offices as well, Mm. you know, because when I go to counseling, I feel like the people who are on campus can't really understand the extent to which I'm going through because they are not international. I remember um, I was my undergrad and I went, I had to request my boss to do like a student of concern form because this was like right around graduation. My um, OPT wasn't looking all that great. I wasn't getting jobs. Like I was applying for a thousand jobs and not hearing back from anybody. So like there's a lot of pressure that was on me around that time. And I just felt very... um, I felt very alone. So I asked my boss if he can do a student of concern form so I like I can be forced to go to therapy. Uh, So I went and I did the session and it was a person who was from here and like I was felt like I was talking to a wall. Mm. Like I was telling her my problems and she was like, oh, I don't know. Um, I don't know about that, but let me just write it down. I'm just like, this is this is like this was so useless in yeah. so many ways um so I wish there was more help for us in that regard as well so yeah yeah even even if I think schools do a better job of like giving international students who are a little bit ahead some spaces that could be paid to be kind of like these not necessarily case managers but just be like almost like student advisors, you know, mm-hmm. or like some kind mm-hmm. of process. And we have these really like fluffy, I think when you first go to school, you might you might get assigned to some kind of like international student helper, but really somebody that's competent and only that like, because um, they, they, they will hopefully have that competence of like, I've been there too, but also maybe even just some like mental health first aid, you know, like some mm-hmm. little training you could do where you can really be some a space with somebody because a lot of the people in those offices are like a lot older and like not as accessible you know culturally even though they might some of them might be from other countries like sometimes they aren't um people that they refer you to most of the times aren't you know for that like extra help and it's Mm -hmm. like I don't I don't think one department should have should have everything but there should be a better system in place of like knowing who who to connect to make a conglomerate of like accessible help for people who are struggling you know and I like I think they try to do this like like really me calling out colleges but you know this (laughs) mandate of like social events and like Mm. they just seem so like I don't know not surface level I guess you know and like they they help a certain kind of person but not everybody um and especially for the the harder things, like literally just just knowing that somebody who is from a similar region as me has gone through this process and can just validate my experience. I don't need you to have all the answers. Just validate that like there's a way out of it. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes it feels like right now it feels like I'm gonna hit a block and I have to just stop everything and just yeah. start over. Like as far as I've gotten, I still feel like one day I'll just 
read a form and it just won't say anything about international people. And mm-hmm. so I'll just like have to just stop everything, you know, and that terrifies me. So it just would be helpful if even from before we move into like um, post undergrad life, if that's a job, if that's like master's level stuff, like just being able to have access to more. And like, and then I'm saying that like putting students in that position, because that also means that people like us would have a position to apply for and, mm-hmm. and be good at, right? If I we mean- had people had like competent international student helpers or something that was like could be assigned to students or something that's jobs you're giving to international students too right and so like I don't know we could do a better job at integrating us into the system rather than trying to fit us in you know or just I don't know I always feel like some kind of special exception we can also be a part of the systems so we Mm. can work we can work with them you know that's that phrase right there it seems as though we are especially we are special exceptions I always wondered why international offices within schools don't hire international people <laughs> to, <laughs> to be like helping them. Um, I remember in our under, undergrad, like the only international person we had was from like Brazil. And I'm like, okay, well, that's your first person who I met. So I'm thinking to myself, ooh, like we're doing something, you know? Mm-hmm. Come to find out everybody else is from the, like, from the US. Something into myself, like, don't they think that hiring international people would one provide them with a means and a way to stay here if they wanted to, and two also provide us with more comprehensive help that will actually be useful? You know, I'm just like, how how is it that we we can't create or make more space? for international students um and i think we should also touch on like the opt cpt um Mm -hmm. thing so like i think opt is operational practical i am definitely just saying words at this point just because you like tried to start it i forgot it immediately so i don't know (laughs) um let me just you know as we you know, as we hear, I have to say what the correct thing is. Okay, it's optional practical training. So what that is, um, so OPT happens after we graduate. We apply, I think, three months before. And that is essentially to give you experience within your field. Um, However, your OPT has to be directly linked to your field of study. So for me, um, since I'm doing social work right now, my OPT at the end will have to be in like case management or me as a school social worker or anything that falls under the branch of social work and your OPT can range from one year to three years but that depends on the program that you're in so if you are in STEM you have a higher chance of having three years however if you're in like humanities you have one year now of course I don't like that because, you know, that's very problematic in my opinion. Um, However, I I digress. Um, Yeah, so if you're in STEM, you can have up to three years. If you are in humanities, you have up to one year. Um, And how it works as well, once you get through with your OPT, I think um, you have to get a new I-20 form, which has to be signed by the job that you have. Um, so a lot of a lot of your things and your documents change change as well, um, and you also have to provide 
a letter saying that you are employed um, to Homeland Security. And if there is any changes in your employment, you also have to provide provide, provide that information as well um, to Homeland Security so they know like to keep track. You can also be a volunteer, you can volunteer during that time as well. So it doesn't have to strictly be a job. You can volunteer during that time as well. You can do like two half-time jobs once it's um, 20 hours, I think, or 30 hours, I'm not too sure. Um, what else do I know about OPT? Um, oh, you have 30, no, 90 days, I think, after graduation to get your OPT. And once yes. you are past those 90. 90 days, yeah, you have to leave the country. Um, so that means you have 90 days to find a job, which I also think is very problematic because you mean to tell me that U.S. citizens who are also having a hard time finding a job, <laughs> but you expect me to be a unicorn and yeah, to prance like... in a place and get a job. Okay, fine, whatever, whatever. Um, but you have 90 days to find a job. Um, CPT, however, is different from OPT. CPT, you can work during your semester. So that's called curriculum practical training. So you can do that during your semester. However, it has to be the same thing as OPT um, attached to your program. So let's say that for me, like in Howard, there's not really a lot of um, work-study jobs for international students. Honestly, I would dare to say there's none. Um, there is no jobs, because yeah, I just had this conversation with someone. There's no jobs that are for international students on our campus. So what I found is that a lot of international students with CPT, and what you do is you apply for your job, you get your acceptance letter. After you get an acceptance letter, you go back to your international office, they give you a form to fill out. Once you fill out that form, they process it and then you work for that company. Um, it seems as though there's not, I don't think it, that can also present a problem because of course you are going against people who are um, domestic, so you know, they might not want to hire international people because they find that international people are liability or like whatever the case is. But yes, um, let's say too that you do get your OPT. You can push to get a H H1 visa, which is a work visa. Um, however, that work visa is based off of the job that you're in. And if they want to sponsor you, you can have that conversation with your supervisor, but that is also another option as well. If you're an uh, artist, um, like our friend Anika Jones doing big things out here, yeah. and my friend Zara, like they can apply for um, a different type of visa, which is underneath a work visa, but it's more for like artists. And with that, you have to have at least, I think, one or five articles about you in the states or in whatever country you're from so they know that you are like legit really mm -hmm. you have to like provide yeah you have to like provide things that say like okay you're an artist you're like contributing in some kind of way um and i can't remember what else i know i was doing research to help anika and zara but i can't mm -hmm. remember like what else but i know there has to be like an article written about you um yeah, that's all I know. And if I, I guess, if I can find out, I'll say it again. But yeah, that's that's the three avenues that I know of OPT, well, OPT, CPT, your H-1 visa, and 
a creative visa. I don't know what it's called, but I think it's like a J something visa. Um, so all these are things that I think all international students should be very aware of. Yeah. Like these things should be like playing in your back of your mind because I, I'm, I'm learning today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like when I like when I tell you, I have researched my shit. Um, because one, people like to make style on you. Okay, I've learned that as an international student. If That's you don't scary. know exactly, if you don't know, there's a chance that they're not gonna tell you. Mm-hmm. You know, and I feel like. I learned all these things by talking to international students, other international students on my campus and hearing their lived experience. Because when it came time to like ask advice, this is like, oh, sorry, I don't know about that. Oh, I don't, you know, so it's just like, you have to be, as Alex said, your old manager, you have to advocate for yourself. You have to ask questions. And, you know, as he's saying, says, close mouth, don't get fed. So you really have to like be very proactive about these things. Um, There's another thing I wanted to say too but now I can't remember, but yeah, I feel like these are things that all international students have to, have to, have to know. Yeah. And it definitely like, it like grows you up as a person, which in some like hustle grind (sighs) culture, like sure. Like you should be looking forward to like being crushed and being (laughs) motivated. Like, but I'm I'm over that now. Like, I'm done. I cannot. I refuse. I like it's so unhealthy for the person that I want to be. I want to I want to be able to kick it back to, you know, <laughs> I like can we talk about that? Like, can we talk about like how it is that like if I want to take a semester off, I have to be kicked out of the oh country? Oh my gosh, I can't even consider <laughs> that. Like that's that's never been an option for me, man. It's never been and like even if you want to like um transfer to schools you have to do ten thousand people oh my god like when i tell you there are things that we are not privy to as international like when i alex just like just the other day i was thinking to myself oh i want to take a semester off because this is too much but then i thought to myself oh sis you can't do that no. you can't do that you cannot take a semester off and it's just like i want to enjoy what other people can enjoy too yeah i really want to enjoy it and i think for me it's a slippery slope because then I start comparing myself to people who are born here yeah. then I start being angry at people and then I start like thinking what ifs and what ifs are never good and as you said like I'm so over the hustling trend I am so over like push 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 rush 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 because like l- learning these things and trying to be away all the time it never you never rest you know because you're always trying to keep up with the email you're always trying to ask a question you're always you know thinking about okay like for example when the pandemic hit there was like a thing on international students where if you were online you can be kicked out of the country like that was like that was a thing like we were facing yeah like we were facing a lot like we could have been all deported because of something that we couldn't control and I remember talking to someone about it who was in the states and they're like oh well just do this I'm like no like I can't afford to put my education on hold because once you put a hold in your education then you go back to get your visa renewed that's a whole different you know situation right there and it's just like I'm so sick and tired of always having to be on my p's and q's and always have to be on high alert because if one policy changes within the um federal landscape or within the u.s u.s government that can change the trajectory of my life 
you know? And that one thing could be the thing that separates me and my goal or me and the person I want to be. So it's like, it's, it's more than just, it's more than just like, oh, you can't go to school. You're, like you're dealing with people's lives here. So mm-hmm. yeah, I just, I just needed to get that off my chest. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else you want to talk about. I feel like we touched on every possible thing that we can go through as international students in the States. I don't know if there's anything yeah. else you want to add, anything else you're thinking about. Um, there was something you mentioned like a while ago mm-hmm. about um back about this job stuff and like people trying to like um make you feel better with like like their like their solutions that work for them mm-hmm. and I, I hesitate to do this but I, d- I did want to make space for like people do believe that they're doing something helpful like they don't almost don't know anybody that's like what they're trained to do right it's like mm-hmm. like if they can make it's to help them feel comfortable with you being there right like I think a lot of people American students attempt to like bridge diversity by like seeing what's similar and like you know like we're just the same person you know and that is it does more harm than good we know that but like I think I've been at fault of this back to this like transactional thing we can fall into as international students like um feeling like I'm trading my cultural uniqueness for some kind of acceptance from people you know Mm. and and that's been hard for me because I know people who um, don't budge when it comes to like, like they can like, I kind of envy them, but they can like come from their home country and the way that they sit in the classroom or navigate relationships is like, you don't have to agree with who they are or you just don't, you're just not their friend. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to be that kind of person. I don't know if that is that a, the right thing to do. Like I just, I, I think it's a gray area because like me just to be, I don't, I'm not no like Uncle Tom, but I definitely feel like I've like put away certain like parts of me that aren't as like palpable in order to like fit in. Like this one time, mm-hmm. you actually might've been there. Oh my gosh, I have a story. Oh, okay. <laughs> Isn't it so funny? Okay. <laughs> I've never told the story in so long. So we were doing something. We were having some kind of like, like a, a meetup or something. And it was like food was involved, whatever. And I, so in my culture, I feel like this is a Caribbean thing. We can, our like jokes can be a little bit more like active and like pulling, like pulling on you, you know? And like, I call it, we call it getting off. So like, just, you know, and so I think somebody, oh, this is actually a perfect story. Somebody was saying how they were just surprised at how diverse the Caribbean was. And they were like, how they, someone actually said like, how can you have a sound differently if you were from the Caribbean? Mm. And I'm like, interesting because, you know, she's from Tennessee and he's from New York and they sound very different. Mm. But me, how do we from different countries? And you're surprised you sound the same. Mind you, I'm joking. I'm like, but the way that his feelings were genuinely hurt. Mm. And I had to take him aside that night and like talk him through that. Cause I was like, didn't realize I literally crossed it was thinking back at it and hearing him say what he felt had happened it literally felt like he felt like I was like calling him out but the way that I said it was like me and you started dying we were like ah 
like whatever. <laughs> it literally felt someone probably like burnt his clothes off of that. Like that's literally how it felt to him. Like it was the ultimate humiliation. I was like, I was being funny. Like people were laughing. Like it was a joke. And ha- realizing that I have to like change not even the way that I am, but like how I want to relate to people in order mm. to feel accepted by these people, right? And Ooh. it's like, and it's like it's it's a switch in me to realize that why am I willing to put myself first at at all points? Like it's not like I ever consider like them making the first move or it's always what I need to do what I need to change what I need to adjust to because I am the one that's coming in to their country and blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. And it's like that negotiation is a little bit I don't say it's harmful I think it's just indicative of like an inner thing about my personality being more of a passive person and at the end of the day I just want everything to be good you know and so mm-hmm. if it means I let it go and then when I bring those new tools or those new relationship dynamics back home with me I get called white you Mm. know and like sometimes I'll say a word or say something my mom will be like huh like huh (laughs) what are you saying and I'm like I'm saying this and she was like I can't understand you nowadays and the way that that like hurts me as a person Mm -hmm. it really it feel like someone just like chopped off my arm Mm -hmm. that's how much it hurts when like my parents or somebody back home does that to me because I don't go home to be alienated. I just, back to what we were saying earlier, like going home to feel alienated is not it. Like, and I just like, like, like it really redefines like what is home. Cause right now I don't mm, really know that. Wow. You know, mm-hmm. and like reestablishing like what it means to be home. And there's this like self-actualized high version of me. That's like, you know, home is inside of me and all these different things. And I haven't gotten there yet. The, the idea is there. I'm working on it. I'm not there yet. So right now, sometimes I feel homeless, you know, like, because mm. I'm in an apartment, but it doesn't feel like, because get any drop of a hat, you know, this could be gone, you know, and mm-hmm. then back home, you know, life continues without you. And it's like, people, people learn how to adjust without your dynamics and your yes. presence, you know, and like, people being surprised that you're there or people, it just, it just adds to this like weight of pursuing what you want to do with your life, you know? And it's just, it's just hard because it makes, again, it makes you feel guilty for wanting to make your life into something, mm-hmm. you know? And it's just super hard because there, there, there are people, and I commend these people, who, who don't even think about what they want to do. Like, they just figure out how to fit themselves into what's been happening in their life, right? But there, there are those of us who want to, you know, make new branches to new opportunities for our families and our generations to come ahead. And so, mm-hmm. like, I don't, I, I could easily have done what my parents do. I could, I think they're in like finance easily, right? And there's been so much like turmoil and uh, upsetness. That selfish word came up for me too when I wanted to pursue this new field that no one in my family really thinks about or pursues. Cause it, it's, it's more than just like, no one does this, but if you became this, like people wouldn't agree with, it. I guess like mental health isn't really like acknowledged or celebrated, you know? And so like, it's, it's, because for me, it does two things. It's like, okay, you want to be this, but like, let like right now, I wouldn't go to one myself, mm-hmm. you know? And those are two different battles I fight at the same time with my family, you know? It's like, it's not just that like, they don't agree with the job or like the, 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 how much it pays, but it's also like, I think deep down, it represents like something that they wouldn't have done otherwise is thinking mm-hmm. about going to someone that I'm trying to become, you know? Wow. And having to wrestle with that too. I struggle with that so much because I want to tell them, Almost every time I call them now, we usually need to go see somebody, you know, we need to go have a conversation, but that's not going to happen. And you would think that because I'm pursuing this, like it would make it easier, 
Hmm. To have those conversations of letting your family into those mental health spaces, but it gets a little bit harder, you know, and I, I think I need to do some research. So why that is, but um, yeah, that's kind of just a ramble, but yeah. That was a very powerful ramble because everything you said, <laughs> everything you said, I agree with. Um, I have a story as well about like changing who you are when you enter the US school system. So this was my first day first day um in class and actually it wasn't my first day actually let me I'm going to talk about my first day and how it felt to actually be in the U.S. um and then a situation that did two situations that happened so I remember the first time I came I came here early actually because I was in this program like this leadership program for school so we were like privileged to come three days before everybody like even international students Mm -hmm. so excuse me, I came and this is when nobody was there. So when we came back, the whole school was filled, right? So as I'm walking to class, I remember this one time I like stood up and I was like, wow, this is the whitest place I've ever been in. Like I did not know, like, I don't know, you know, kind of ignorant, but I was truly shocked by the amount of white people that I was interacting with to the point where I found myself behaving a certain way to fit into that group. Even my roommates, my roommates were two white girls, um, one from Wisconsin and then one from, I think New York, I think. And I just found myself like becoming this person and changing who I was to fit into this dynamic of being one the only black girl within the room and then two the only international person within the room um and I always say this like I felt so lost my first semester you know Mm. because I was trying to be something that I wasn't and I remember the first time I ever felt seen was actually when Kathy started talking to me um and after Kathy started talking to me I think it was like Renesha and then McKevin and then Mariam and then all of a sudden like I'm now integrated into this African um Caribbean like not melting pot but like this group like the support Mm -hmm. system and I bring this up as well because I think it's so important as people who are from the Caribbean or from you know into I can only speak from the Caribbean and from the African diaspora to find people who you relate with because you don't understand how much of yourself you are shedding when you're trying to integrate yourself within um a white society or predominantly white institution like you chip away so much of yourself to the point where like i remember going to sleep and i was like who who are you this is not the same hannaford that i knew you know and once i found that support system it was like I I laughed so much. I was just, I didn't have to think about who I was. I didn't have to like put on a face. I didn't have to uh, hide my slang. I didn't have to hide my accent. It was just like, we are in this together. Um, so if you can, whoever's listening to this who's an international student, find your group, whether that's somebody from Trinidad, from um, South Korea or, um, you know, Tanzania, Botswana, like find your group or find people who are closest to your group so that way you don't chip away who you are. And then another thing too, um, but this touches more on race as opposed to nationality. I remember I was in my sociology class and the conversation of racism came up and now I was the only black person in that class. 
And I remember like the professor saying like, oh, black students have to work twice as much as white students. And then he asked some kind of some question and I saw everybody look at me. I'm like, hold up, hold up. up. I am not the spokesperson for everybody in the black community. First of all, I'm not even from the state. So don't even ask me this, you know? So it's just like, there was so much pressure on me within class to speak for everybody who looked like me, even though I was not assimilated or acculturated into this culture until now. Um, and that too comes with a lot of pressure. If you, especially if you like internalize it, it comes with a lot. Um, and I think the second instance that happened like around like my race too was like in my, um, in my, dorm room and kind of seeing how hygienically people are um (laughs) and yeah and it was just like it was it was such a shocker to see like basically I'm going to say people will have the same brought up see as you and when you step inside your room and you see people who are not like you prepare yourself to Mm -hmm to have your eyes open a little wider you know and that's why I really had to come into <laughs> an understanding with like everybody is not brought up the same way you are everybody does not have the same consideration as you everybody's not going to think about the same things that you think about um and another thing I wanted to touch on that you talked about was hold on excuse me, was the idea of home and like what home is. And for me, that shows up in so many different arenas in my life. Um, The one that kind of showed up recently was like whenever I have to fill out forms and they ask me, like what uh, is yeah. mm-hmm, like I what is your permanent <laughs> like they ask you like what is your permanent resident like where what's your permanent address and I find myself really questioning what do I place you know like do I place the apartment that I'm in right now even though you know that's a lease and that can finish in tutus do I place my address in Trinidad even though I don't have we don't have a zip code in Trinidad we legit use zero 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 um we don't have a zip code they don't have like our city like when you fill these forms out um do I put my brother address even though he has an apartment and he too was going it's like going to move like I find myself really trying to figure out where is home geographically and where I feel home at geographically and maybe like spiritually or like Mm -hmm. you know um because even like when I go home like as you said life goes on without me like my mom is living without me you know she she has formed a routine without me and whenever I go home I'm just sliding into her routine you know like I I don't have a set of friends so I can say like, okay, I'm going to do this with them because they already moved on as well. It's just like, it feels so weird going back home and the only people who I can talk to really are my cousins because I know like that's, like we still have that. But we had to go back like on points about like feeling at home. I remember I had this conversation with a friend and he was like, oh, well, Hannah, for home is within me. I'm like, no, bro, I want, I want to feel like, (laughs) you know, I want to feel some type of like groundedness. And Mm -hmm. 
yes, I understand the whole saying home is within you, home is within you. But at the same time, it's like, I want to be able to be like, oh, I'm going home. I remember even to this day, I don't call anywhere home. Like that's how, that's how deep it is for me. Like my mom, like whenever I'm telling her, like I'm finishing class, I don't say I'm going home. I'll be like, oh, I'm going back to the apartment, Mm -hmm. you know, because I feel like using home for a place like this is so strong. And I can't just use that word anyway, because I know at any moment, this can, this cannot be it, you know, like this cannot be here anymore. So I, I subconsciously really do not call anywhere home unless it's in Trinidad but then it's like when I'm having conversations with people I can't be like oh I'm going home okay so are you going to take a flight back to Trinidad you know so it's just like you know so is I've been really thinking about this a lot and then realizing how easy it is for like people who are in the U.S. and how easy they call their apartments home um I was talking to a friend, she's like, oh, yeah, I'm going home. I'm like, wow, look how easy it was for her for, like, that to roll off her tongue. Um, so, yeah, it's been it's been so much <laughs> going on. And even, like, me decorating. This is the first time I've ever, like, decorated an apartment. Mm-hmm. Like, my other apartment in Orlando, I kid you not, all I had was a couch, my mattress, um, twinkly lights, and my closet which was given to me mm-hmm. you, know, you know so it's just like this time I bought two plants like do you know how committed I have to be to buy two plants yeah. like do you know how much like it's like having a kid <laughs> literally it's like having a kid and I'm like I when I was decorating him I'm like I don't want to get attached to mm-hmm. him you know and yeah I just I didn't want to get attached to where I was because <laughs> it's not mine, you know. Mm. It's like I'm on borrowed time, basically. Yeah. You know, like I just put up curtains the other day. Who does that? Yeah, I. <laughs> <laughs> My parents had actually asked if I wanted some curtains. I was like, no. I'm like, why would I want curtains? Like, and it, it does tie back to that thing about like I don't want to like get too attached, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, yeah, I, I really do not want to get too attached because I know the heartache that is going to occur when I get too attached. Mm. Even, like, with relationships, too, like... Yeah, I was like, hope you don't go there. But I, was like, <laughs> I was like, I, I we teed that up too well. <laughs> not to go there. I was really trying not to go there because, you know, whatever. But, like, even with relationships, too, like, you can fall in love with someone you can like have interest with someone you can like someone but, <laughs> but <I> mean, <laughs> this is really this is really hurting my feelings so much but like <laughs> you can find interest in someone and then that can just end because you have to go back home mm. you know and it's like even when you get married it's not even a guarantee of you staying here and i try so much and i <sighs> wow, this is really becoming like very deep and very personal, but I truly believe like that is why I have not pursued anyone in the States as well is because I know this can just be a fleeting thing, you know, like this can just be a thing that we enter into, but we can't see the end of it. 
And I would hate, I would hate, I would hate to go into something and then it's just like, we can't finish it or it has to end because of X, Y, and Z. And I think, man, yeah, that relationships too, it's, it's. Yeah. And on a platonic level, just for people who don't. That too. Don't think about it. Like I have a great example. You know, if you live in the dorms, it ends on a certain day. And so at undergrad, I, every year I missed graduation for my friends because I'd have to go home the day or, or literally because there's nowhere to sleep if I'm not in the dorms. And so I'd always be around the week before everybody's making their like graduation party plans. And then, oh, of course they'd ask you like, oh, you're going to come or like, we're going to pick you up. And I'm like, I won't be here, you know? And so like, I, I would miss that a lot and how like, I never got to see anybody's graduation you know mm-hmm. but your and own yes like literally because <laughs> as an RA I was I was also barred from leaving when I even mm-hmm. had that extra time you mm-hmm. know because we had to work and so like that was super hard for me because I like never really got to like I feel like complete my experience with some of my friends because I had to go like, there was no other choice mm. you know and it just feels it's hard when your relationships are tied to these like like I don't know what to call them but these very like they're real things but it just feels so frivolous like mm. I wish I had somewhere to sleep you know I'd like and that requires me like asking somebody but also like communicating to my parents why the ticket needs to be this date not that date because they've been harping on that ticket date for three four months now because they buy it so early on because it's the cheapest Cheap. one, you know and so it's just like so many things you're considering and it's just like your your feelings are the last thing you consider, you know, mm-hmm. between like what your parents are paying for, what'll be the easiest, like what, you know, like your feelings, what you want for me, I put them last, you yes. know, and I'm like, feel like I'm working around everything else that matters more. And I'm just, I'm really tired of that, you know, 100, 100%. I think I had to do the exact same thing. I think like there was something I really wanted to go to. And I think this is probably my junior year. And I kid you, I had like a 30 minute conversation with my dad telling him like why it needs to be like why I need to leave on this day as opposed to this day. And he was like, but no, like your syllabus says X, Y, and Z. Like you told like what do you mean you want more time? Yeah, like why what do you mean you want to have fun? You know, and it's just like there's so much that (laughs) there's so much that comes around um around that that I mean even thinking too, there's so many people uh um, what do you call it, like graduation I wanted to go to, you know, like even if you want to go a step further, like there's so many friends that I've made that I would have loved to kept more physical contact with, like go out to the mall or like, you know, go to the movies, but because of uh, like what we had, like we have to leave a certain days, like I couldn't even do that. Like one of my closest friends, Ada, she's from Cayman Islands. I'm like, we both have, you know, we both couldn't, stay here like we wanted to you know like she had to go home I had to go home Mm -hmm. she couldn't find a job so she went back to Cayman Islands I stayed in the States so it's just like maneuvering friendships that you've made and trying to keep that like that part that is important to you whether that's like being close to each other or like you know having that kind of relationship it's like how do you even continue when you are legit barred from doing that you know, and wow, I never thought about, I never thought about it. It's really making me think like, 
I had to really put myself last and what I wanted and like what would have made me feel nice even like for graduation I was couch surfing because I hadn't I had nowhere to go I couldn't sign a new lease because that's 12 months typically you can find a six months but that's still too much so I couldn't have a place of my own I had to stay with my brother I stayed with my aunt and I stayed with my brother's godfather and I stayed with a friend and like that too is so taxing because like yeah. you you don't you feel like you're asking so much of people and and I think the reason why I couch surf so much is because I felt like there was a time limit that I could have only stayed at certain people's houses. So I was just like, you know what? I will stay here and then I'll go here and then I'll, so that way people don't get sick, sick of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wish that that wasn't the case, but that's the reality that I had. And it's just like trying to come to terms with the, not fantasy, but the, the big R that I wanted, but still thinking about the small R that I'm actually going through, you know, mm. um, and finding ways to tell myself, like, not like you, this is your only option, but like trying to make myself understand that like, this is what has to occur, um, even though I did not want it to occur. So, yeah. yeah. Mm. Why, why, why do we do this? <laughs> what, what other benefits? <laughs> like, because I'm like, I don't know, like, it is so, so hard when you really focus on the negative. It is. But it, it does, it comes with a lot of good stuff. You know, I don't want to be like, oh, same, same, that same. roadblock and that roadblock. And I, I think for the sake of this conversation, we've had to focus more on the, like, the, the obstacles. So we're talking about the obstacles to mental health, right? And so, mm-hmm. like, um, I will say as a as a flip to all of this, like, to be able to have like, because whether or not we talk about like, this family dynamic and how it's stretched out and stuff, like, it's really, I think the family is the same family whether you had stayed or not, you know. So it's really just how that family system like manifests itself, whether you're like a country away or like with living in their house, and so like. I've loved being able to be away from the system a little bit. Mm. So I feel a little more confident when I'm ready in time to like work through some things because there's that distance and it's, it's really how you use it, you know? Mm. And like back to this, like heightened maturity you need because right, you only probably 18, 19. So maybe not be where your head might be at. Uh-huh. But for me, I realized it was an opportunity for me to work through some stuff in ways I wouldn't be able to if I was under their household Mm. um but again but everything else we mentioned as a part of that as well but there are definitely like for the reasons I left I think it's still been worth it you know 100% I would definitely wouldn't change that for sure so one and yeah it's just like not not to be a negative Nancy but I feel like the reason why I wanted to have this conversation is because we do glorify coming to the states you know Mm -hmm. we do say like this is what it like to me i feel like when i saw people come up to the states to study they made it look so easy oh they made it look like a hop skip and a jump away you know they made it look so feasible and so like easy breezy beautiful cover Mm group and i just wish that they would have talked more about what they were 
actually going through you know and actually give me some feasible things to like ground me and to tell me what to look forward to because I was living in La La Land when I came to the city yes. first time you know like I was really thinking that I could have done it all you know like it was just like oh you got accepted you got your visa like it's that's that's it that's simple mm-hmm. um so I really want to just have this conversation so if anybody who is thinking about coming to the states knows that yes you can dream and yes it's so well and great that you are here but also there are things that you need to be prepared for because I would hate to like, even like if, even if I have a child too, I don't want to just tell them, oh, these are all the good things that are going to happen because the good is always going to be there. It's always going to come and the good is always going to be presented, but I want you to be prepared for the bad. So when it does come, you can be like, okay, my mom prepared me for this. My friend prepared me for this. My mentor prepared me for this. So it's just like thinking about what is actually going to happen because as Alex said, like, leaving home was probably the best decision I've ever made (laughs) for me personally you know because like I was dealing with so much at home and I felt like I couldn't have grown the way that I wanted to grow at home and I as you said I I have always been a type of person who dreamt of not even dreamt of but like who wanted to see more yeah like I always knew that traveling and seeing new faces was in my in my cards like that was just I just knew that was going to happen um so being able like how I think about it too is like um I think of myself like as a sponge so when I am home I feel like this like when you know when like a sponge is like dried out Mm -hmm. and like it's in a certain container like this is all it can form but when I come to the states it's like I'm filled with so much that I can expand, you know, like I can, I can do what I want to do and like think how I want to think because when I go home, it's like, there's such a narrow train of mind, depending on the topic, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but things that mean the most to me is viewed negatively back home. And I felt like I couldn't express what I want to express at home because we're still working through a lot at home you know we're still working through LGBTQIA plus rights we're still working through um um gender-based violence we're still Mm -hmm. working through so much right now even in the states don't don't get me wrong we are still working through it in the states too but it's like it's levels exactly but the conversations or the people who you have conversations with when you come up here um it's definitely going to be tied more to your values and you're going to be introduced to more yeah you know like you're going to be introduced to more. You, your eyes are definitely going to be open when you come up here so it's just like and don't get me wrong i, I, I love Trinidad too but <laughs> there's just so much there's so much that i feel like i stepped into more of myself being up here yeah. you know like i I was able to figure out like the type of friends that I want. I was able to figure out like, um, you know, public transportation. That's a big thing for me, like being able to move and like, you know, just, yeah, just not being scared as well because I was very scared to travel back home and not because, you know, it's scary. I mean, it's scary, but it's just like me, I don't know. I don't even know how to put it, but um. I feel more at ease when I travel here because I feel like nobody knows me. So it's just very easy for me mm-hmm. to just like get around. Mm-hmm. Whereas like if I'm home, when I tell you everybody knows me because my mom is a very popular person. So it's like, I couldn't do 
you know not to say i'm doing anything bad but it's like i couldn't yeah. do the things that i want to do so just not being known up here it's just like yeah i could do this and you don't know who i am you know so i there's definitely pros and cons to everything um and yeah i don't want to discourage anybody because i love it i love it here well as much as i hate it here i love it here you know so yeah i don't know if there's anything else you want to say um that's pretty much it i just the word the words take up space keeps coming up in my head mm. don't be scared to take up space if you decide to you know make that move like it can it can feel daunting to just just show up and then like stay in the corner but be mm-hmm. you know like you if you're gonna be here like be, be here, here you know <laughs> like i i wish i took up more space in undergrad for sure me too and now i'm learning what it means to do that now because i still have time in this program but like yeah don't be afraid to take up space and like don't be afraid of those conflicts of like cultural difference mm. you know like right now i'm 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 still testing the waters of like, let me just be me mm. and see how people react versus like showing mm. up small and then seeing what I, where I can fit. You mm. know, I'm trying something different this time where I'm like, let me just show up as me. And so far it's going great. And I'm just a one little case study, but you'd be surprised people actually want to receive authenticity, surprisingly, yes. <laughs> you know, yes. like, and, and you breathe easier knowing that like, and this this takes knowing trying trying to understand who you are like it takes that so I think at my younger age it was a little bit difficult I didn't know who I was as much, but coming into this it has been better for me overall even though I don't have as much friends I don't have as much like access mobility wise like I still feel like I'm feeling better overall because I'm feeling more myself you know mm-hmm. that is a word that's a word that's a word but wow Alex thank you so much for letting me use your time and your energy and your words because you drop gems you drop gems <laughs> um and I always like I love I love sharing the space with you whether that's like on your podcast or on my podcast I, my <laughs> I me too same I love like I forget how much it means to connect to people with conversations and I'm learning that more because right now I'm kind of in the phase of like isolation mm. um just because like I'm trying to figure out who I am I'm trying to like I'm like reading this book called adult children of emotionally immature parents and like mm. I'm like I'm like seeing a lot of things that I need to work on and I think like the first step is just to have conversations with people um and just to, you know, yeah, just have conversations with people. So I thank you so much for letting me have this space with you and to hold space with you. Um, if you'll have none, I'm going to put Alex's information below. Alex has a podcast. Alex has a blog, I believe, as well. A newsletter that you can subscribe to. And of course, his Instagram. Yeah. All is going to be below. And if you don't check it out, meet me outside because <laughs> i will square up i'm also uh, starting a patreon this month oh okay let me know because i okay this is like just like after talk but like, I, I have my patreon set up too but i'm yes. kind of scared to like set it up so we can have a little conversation about yes that. we will i think i'm trying to as of the recording being out mm-hmm. it should be out accountability wise <laughs> it's gonna be out because it's supposed to be out today as of recording so mm-hmm. um just a, a safe space you know staying grounded different like wellness resources mm-hmm. um a good kiki space as well pop culture all the stuff so 
Um, I'm trying. Also, I supposed to release by the time this comes out, it's supposed to be the journal, mm-hmm. um, a guided journal on Amazon is available now. So I will send you the info once do. it gets finalized. But it should Let be me like know. today. So okay. Yes. So please follow all of Alex's stuff below and you know what i'm gonna say my stuff too because i need some yes. accountability so i am working on a journal as well what it is i have shifted from i don't know i feel as though i've changed so much from july to now to the point where i'm questioning my why and like what i want to provide for people um so my journal was supposed to be like a reflection-based journal depending on like journal entries that I've also made as well. But I think I might switch that. I have a Patreon, but I have not launched it. So definitely look out for that. Um, And there's one more thing. Oh, I do have a blog that I started over again. So I'll put that in. Um, But as Alex said, yeah, I'm doing certain things and hoping something sticks. Because something has to, has to, has to, has to stick. (laughs) I don't know what it is, but something's going to have to stick. So yeah, just look out for all of our stuff below. And Thank you for sharing the space with us, you know. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, so yes. Goodbye, farewell. Come see you again. <laughs> <laughs>